This is Corey Willis with PPI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. We uh, wanted to thank all of you guys again for helping us get to 16,000 subscribers on YouTube. We never thought that we would have that many when we first started the podcast like four and a half years ago or, or so, but it's it's been really cool to see the, the conversations and the comments that are on there. We want to encourage you guys, if you listen to us on one of the podcast apps, make sure you jump onto YouTube and just search the Diesel Podcast, hit the subscribe button, and you get a lot of content on there that doesn't make it onto the podcast because it's videos and maybe installs and just different things like that that we can't show on you know iTunes or just a podcast app. And you also get episodes there first, so we want to encourage you guys to do that. Before we get to today's podcast, so we wanted to give a shout out to Fleece Performance, and we've chatted with Braden and Chase over the years with their high flow lift pump system, and it's it's really cool. I was chatting with uh, a friend recently, and we, he was looking at something to do with his truck, and he was looking at a, a lift pump system, and he's like, well, aren't they all the same? And something that's really interesting, and if you guys haven't heard those episodes, I encourage you to go back and listen to Braden and Chase tell us about it, but it's... The system they have is so cool because you don't have to drill a hole in your fuel tank. You don't have to deal with the quarter tank fuel issues with the draw straw. And you don't have it exposed outside, so just hanging off the frame, which, you know, if you live in an area where it snows or anything like that, you get accumulation of snow and ice or just road debris, things like that. So they've got them for... 2004 and a half to 16 Duramax trucks and also 98 and a half to 19 Cummins. So if you're looking to get more performance out of your truck and be able to make more power and have a nice clean install with a very straightforward install as well, make sure to go to fleeceperformance.com, check out the lift pump systems that they got for your truck and get it running the way you want. On today's episode, we're going to be chatting with the editor of Diesel World Magazine, Adam Blattenberg, and he's going to be joining us to talk about diesel events, and we've seen him crisscrossing the country and and going to different races and being able to bring diesel racing to us in our homes or wherever we're, you know, watching on social media, anything like that. Just, you know, there's been a lot that's been going on this year with, you know, the pandemic and, you know, events not being able to happen due to large crowd sizes and things like that, but... He's been hard at work to bring that to us. We wanted to chat with him about that. Also, he's got a BMW 335D, which is going to be cool to chat with him about that diesel and what he thinks of it. We're starting to see more people in the industry get those cars and do some really cool things with them. So we're excited to be able to chat with him today. All right, let's get to the podcast with Adam and chatting about diesel events and what he's been up to since he was on the podcast last. Adam, welcome back to the Diesel Podcast. It's been a quick minute since since you've been on. I think I think SEMA last year was when uh, you were on the podcast and you had a really cool round table with a bunch of industry veterans and pioneers and innovators and it was was really cool. So we're looking forward to catching up with you today and seeing what you've been up to. Yeah, hey thanks for having me back. It's always good talking with you. Those uh the SEMA ones are fun. That's the uh second year in a row that we've done it. Yeah. Um got uh Dan Scheid on that one, uh, Greg Jolly, Rollins, and I, uh, just the four of us. That was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, uh, I look forward to those. A lot of great information that uh, that uh, us and our listeners got from it, and I, I follow you on you know, Instagram and stuff, and 
I thought you made a, a huge move, moved uh, from Southern California to Idaho. I see a lot of diesel guys, a lot of people I've known in the industry that, that are doing that and wanted to see what that move has been like and the changes here. Um, I mean, up here, it's not – back up a little. I got a lot of Midwestern roots. I mean, I grew up in Southern California, but, you know, my family's Midwestern and every single one of them, um, farmers, steel workers, stuff like that. So granted my dad, you know, um, pure white collar ran, ran a business, but so I've always, I mean, that's probably why I do this job or why I'm in this industry or why I was a mechanic is Southern California, not all of it, of course, but certain parts of it just hard to live in for a car guy. Um, so getting up here, it was it was nice, you know, off-roadings everywhere. There's tracks down the street. You know, there's trucks all over the place. There's a lot of restrictions we don't have to worry about as much. Um, so it, it's been real nice. Um, it's funny you get up here, though. Like, you know, everyone's getting out of California. So, I mean, where you're from, I'm sure you're seeing it, too. Yeah. So, <laughs> It's uh, I think the phrase is "Don't Idaho my California," which is, or sorry, "Don't California my Idaho." Um, but uh, it's it's interesting being a Californian out of the state because for a while there you you feel like you're getting treated like uh, like trash, but uh, but uh, no, I mean it's been good. Get some plates on the car and change your license and be here for six months or so and actually acclimate to the area and um, I mean I've been here for almost two years now so it's it's great now but in the beginning it was I, I feel bad though I, I see it I see Californians coming in and completely changing an area so I get it I just think uh I think most of us are coming to areas because they want to be a part of that area not necessarily coming to change it um, but I don't know no it's been great up here it's uh there's a the diesel industry up here that's been fun Oh, there's so many companies that are there, and it's just, it's like, when I think of that region, I get down my diesel and alligator performance, and tons of other places that are all you know, in that region. Yeah, Power Products is up here, Alligator, Nitro Gears kind of around the way. Um, yeah, and that's been kind of fun, it's just wherever we go on the weekends, just be like, oh, hey, there's Chad, you know, Alligator, or, you know. Running to Lenny, or you know, running to Cooper or Brian from Power Products. That's Southern California. You you don't see that, you know. Or, I mean, I didn't see it. I mean, I worked for PPE when I was down there, but you know, that's one company. Um, not so much, uh, not too much diesel down there. I know in one of your one of your Instagram posts or stories, I saw a BMW 335D, and interestingly enough, we have. Matt Sancher from Sancher Diesel Performance. And I know people on the podcast are going to recognize him from the input shaft episode we did. But he was, he's was he been doing some crazy things with that car for power. And he was telling me about it the other day. I'm like, well, we got to do an episode. And, and then you have one, and we were chatting a little bit about it. And it, it looks like a really fun diesel car. It's it's a blast. Um, it well, you and I were talking about a little bit about this earlier, but it, it kind of reminds me of like the six liter or the Duramax when it first came out. Uh, you could throw a tune at it and just do so much to that car, or sorry, that truck. Um, and you could throw a hundred horsepower tune. None of us were expecting that, but this it's kind of got that bug back for me. Um, 
But uh, I mean, they're they're cheap. They're easily tunable. They're they're really nice inside. They drive really great. Um, yeah. And what Matt's been doing with them? That's um, that's wild. What is he? A thousand horsepower, I think, or did he just almost hit it, or something like that, out of one of those? Yeah, it was something like that. He was telling me about running 770 index, and now he's going for 670, and this you know, triple turbo setup on it, and all this cool stuff, and. You know, I know with diesel guys, like, as long as it's diesel, we're interested in it. And it's just such a cool platform. It, it reminds me, like you said, a lot of the early days of diesel trucks when it was, you know, something you could get that it, you could have fun with it, and it, it wasn't a whole lot of money to do it. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I mean, the car's really rare. So the 335D... Um, as far as I understand, they only had 5,000 of them in the U.S. But the 335i, different story, there's tons of them out there. So when you go to buy them, most people don't understand how rare the diesel is because uh, the gassers you can get for, you know, less than 10 grand, obviously depending on the shape. Um, so you can find diesels out there for that much too. You find someone who knows what they have, uh, it's a different story. You know, low mileage is going to be about 15 grand, but still a $15,000 diesel car that with a tune and a couple other mods you're putting 360 at the wheels yeah on um, a bunch of torque too yeah yeah I mean, it doesn't you know the 360 doesn't sound like a ton to us with you know pickup trucks making 700 but this is a vehicle that weighs i think it weighs 3500 pounds so i mean 360 and over 500 in torque with that much weight they're rocket ships um there's not much out there that you know, I say stock vehicles on the road that, that I can't, um, you know, I can't gap basically. Uh, that and shoot, I, I was towing from Southern California all the way back home to Northern Idaho. We got 30 miles per gallon towing a uh, 14 foot boat. I got 40 miles per gallon on the way there without anything hooked up, and I mean I I averaged 36 in the city. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, just shy of 700 miles to a tank. It's, I don't know, they're, they're a ton of fun. And, you know, it's a BMW, so they handle amazingly well. I mean, that's something me as a truck guy, I've, I've never really had a car that handles the corners like that. Um, and then just with all that torque pulling out of the corners, it's, yeah, the last year and a half, two years or so, it's been, uh, it's been trying to find windy roads. Um, to have fun with, but seven three's been sitting longer than I want it to. But I'm always grabbing the BMW keys, you know. I'll make sure when I talk to Matt, I ask him about going fast in a straight line because I think, I think he's building that car to, to go pretty quick. So it's, it's gonna be something cool and different. And, and I think when I saw your car, that's what kind of flipped this light switch in my head of. I need to check these out because I never did. I mean, I've known about TDIs and BMW diesels, Mercedes diesels, but I never really paid much attention until I, you know, just started looking around a little bit and seeing, you know, what people are doing with them. And and, uh, it's definitely going to be something cool. Well, they're, the industry's starting to notice these things. Um, I was introduced to them by the guys at Diesel Ops. Uh, two and a half, three years ago. But, you know, Tyler Kipp has one from Industrial. 
um, there's there's a bunch of guys in the industry that have them. It's uh, kind of cool to see. It's uh, it's it's starting to become something where there's a lot of people we can talk to. Well, and, and Hotshot Secret just bought. Um, oh man, I just lost his name. Travis. Whatever. Hotshot Secrets has one as well that comes to all the events. So it's a. Uh, yeah, they're, they're fun little toys, and everyone's uh, everyone's kind of picking one up nowadays. But. You mentioned events, and that's really what I wanted to chat with you about. Is you know this year has been entirely you know crazy and different, and you know if I think back to the end of last year, a lot of episodes we're doing we're talking about hey what's coming up with you know racing and you know what what's been changed on this truck and what are your goals for 2020. And all that's been changed, and you see a completely different side of this industry. And I, I, I just wanted to kind of turn the mic over to you and just ask you, you know, what has the last eight, nine months been like, and what are, you know, what are you seeing out there with, with the race teams and the companies and the enthusiasts, you know, as they're, you know, now there's racing going on, but in a large way, it's been kind of in a holding pattern for much of the year. Yeah. Um. I mean, you know, we, we put on an event back in May and then another one in July. Um, the one in May, basically both of them, really. I mean, granted, in July, a lot have opened up or had opened up to allow some racing, but I just I didn't want to lose my season. Um, and at the same time, if the industry's not seeing racing, I, I see racing as something that really helps the industry grow. Um so I, I didn't want to see an entire season of racing go away. So that's why we did ours. But I think I think a lot of people have just are not putting as much into their vehicles as they were in years past um, because they've you know they've kind of decided after the first few months of you know, the racing season not really happening like it usually does. They've decided to spend some time with their families. However, at all the events that I've seen all the big dogs are there. Um, so it's, I guess I'm kind of seeing both sides of it here of guys wanting to stay home, but the big dogs are still coming out. Um, I think for 2021, um, you know, we're still going to have some issues from COVID and all this, but um, I have a feeling a lot of these guys are going to be um, kind of blowing up the scene like they've never done before. Um having more time to make changes without being rushed. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting, but I, I think we're going to see a lot of people um, really, really surprise us. Um, like, like watching, I watched um, Ben Shadow's first uh, hit with his Corvette, not first hit, excuse me, first hit at a race. And I'm forgetting what the guy, what did he hit? Four fifties, something like that. Um, just right off the trailer, made some amazing hits. Um, it's going to be a ton of fun to see guys like that. And I know there's a few others in the works that are going for two-wheel drive pro mods um, for next year. Uh, but uh, it's – we're getting big. Um, Diesel Motorsports is getting big and quick, and we're starting to see that in other ways too. Um that's yeah, live feeds for one. There's uh, we started doing live feeds pretty hard, but there's some other big hitters in the television scene that are starting to notice diesel. Um, 
So I think next year is going to be a real interesting one. What am I saying? The next five years, just we're, we're starting to become, you know, real mainstream here. Um, not saying that we weren't before, but you start seeing these guys um, competing. I mean, Derek, what Derek Rose was doing in these no prep races. Um, it's just something we haven't seen before, starting to really get in there with gas competitions and being you know, uber competitive. And when, when Lenny Reed from Dynamite Diesel was on, he was talking about the tremendous leap forward that is there because there isn't that rush of, you know, like a lot of these guys, that's, well, I've got to shut down my shop for a week or two weeks and go and do these things. And it's just that, you know, time is really hard to come by. And it's like this whole year, they've got time to really plan or experiment with different setups and, and figure things out. And, you know, he was saying it's just going to be a huge leap forward for next year with what we're going to see for, times and the competitive the competitiveness of it like how many times i'm a big off-road guy so there's a lot of things that i do that are slapped together last minute because moab you know easter jeep safari is around the corner something like that i can't tell you how many things my my truck has on it that were last minute slap togethers um i don't think we're going to see a lot of those last minute slap togethers next year um, we're going to have a lot more things that were thought out and you know, we're, we're saying the same thing, really. I'm just repeating what you're saying, but yeah, it'll be, um, it'll be fun to see some real high quality thought out rigs with some private testing. Cause that is a lot of what's allowed right now is private testing. Um, meaning, you know, regarding COVID regulations. So a lot of these guys are getting to go out and play with their stuff without having to worry about winning an event. We're screwing up in front of a lot of people. You know, screwing up is part of it, so it has to be part of it. But. With the with the two events that, that you guys had, what was what was the atmosphere like? Uh, those two were night and day different apart. But the first one, you know, the first one, I saw someone do a quick little live feed at a shutdown. Uh, circle track out in the middle of nowhere and it was basically it was like four guys and four cell phones filming people drifting around a track and I'm like all right that's how we have to do it we got to do it with no people um so jeremy wagler and i worked on something and made it happen it i'll tell you it was you know the whole country was shut down so um the regulations changed probably six or seven times in the month before we actually, you know, it was 30 days from when we said we we're going to do this to when it actually happened. Um, but we didn't know what it was going to be. Um, you know, it was, per, you know, closed completely to the public at first. Um, and the idea was to bring in uh, 100 people total, um, keep them socially distanced, um, do health checks at the beginning. When I say keep them socially distanced, I mean each pit was going to be 15 feet from the pit next to it um, was the original idea. And it, this was all based on there was no, there was no real rules. Yeah. Um, you know, so we called up State of Indiana Health Board, asked them what they wanted us to do, and they gave us the most open-ended, ambiguous response ever. Um, it was, it, it didn't say much of anything. So the whole thought was, all right, well, how do we do this to where we're safe? And, you know, 
no one's getting sick despite whatever thoughts you may have about it. Um, you know, keeping everyone apart and just, it, it was a trip, you know, staging lanes we were going to have as, you know, uh, three car lengths apart from everyone. Uh, if you needed to go to the bathroom, you had to like basically make sure there was no one walking towards the bathrooms around you. I mean, it was crazy. Um, but we got lucky. I landed two days before the event. The governor said, all right, you guys are open. Just, just be smart. Um, so it went from a, we don't know what we're doing to a, here are clear guidelines. Um, and the event was great. I mean, I think we had, oh gosh, I'm, I'm, I've got, I'm working on the next year's event, so I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting the numbers here, but I think we had probably only 55 or 60 trucks at the event. Um, I mean, it was a, it was a good day. We didn't have full classes, but we were pretty close to full classes. Um, got to see two of the fastest six liters and, you know, um, two six liter records broken. Um, Shide Dragster just about tied their best time on the track. Um, their best ET. Um, it was it was a great event. Um, then the the live feed was cool. Like and just being able to, you know, the, the the way that live feeds have progressed over the years, it's so awesome because I can watch it. So like I'm there, but you know, thirteen hundred miles away or whatever it is, and it was just cool to see just see see racing again and to see yeah. some of these quick times people are making just right out of the gate. The the smile on my face the first time my shoes stuck to the track was, was <laughs> great because I didn't think I was going to get to feel that that year. So, um, no, the, the live feed, yeah, that's um that's been my world lately. And I, and I got to say to um, Amy Gilbert, um, Famous Diesel, um, that was – she pulled that one off. I'd never used it before. Um, so and my whole part in that was, all right, Amy, you know how to do this? Cool. I'm going to ignore this because I need to worry about state regulations and health regulations and budgets and all these different things. Um, so she nailed that live feed. That was that was her, you know, Fabian. Um, and Natalie Ortiz, of course, helped a ton. Um, Greg Jolly kind of put the whole race side together. But just basically... You know, Jeremy dealt with the track and the lawyers and all that stuff. That was the amount of things we had to do for that. But, yeah, live feeds, um, that one we had some Wi-Fi issues, which we figured out. Um, they're all kind of learning processes. But that's, I mean, that's our future. That's the way we're doing events uh, for the future is live feeds. We've, I've got a 28 scheduled right now, um, four left for this year, and... 28 more for next year, and the goal is to have over 40 the entire year, which will cover the entire. I mean, there's there's only about 40 diesel events out there, specific diesel specific events out there on my radar at least. And I don't have everyone signed up yet, but that is the goal. Yeah, I think I think for for 2021, it's it's just it's so cool to see. How technology is integrating with what is going on in diesel, and we've seen it over the last few years with like websites, how easy they are to navigate, and you know the clear pictures, and then videos, and YouTube, and 
and now with live feeds, it's like we can participate and watch and see these things, even if we can't get on a plane, you know, and go or, you know, there's there's restrictions with a pandemic or something like that. We can still participate, still feel like we're part of part of that because for a lot of enthusiasts, you know, racing is their sport. It's not football, basketball, baseball, hockey, or any of that stuff. It's it's diesel racing, yeah. and it's just something so calming and nice and cool about being able to, you know, turn on your computer, sit there, and take your mind off everything that's going on and just watch diesel vehicles go fast down the track and see companies and racers that you're fans of and just see the whole whole process that we may have taken for granted before. Totally. Totally think we took it, took it for granted, and I didn't even think about it until recently, but how did you follow a race if someone wasn't live feeding it in the past? You know, it was... Instagram, watching hashtags, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a bit of work involved with that. Being able to just turn a live feed on and just let it sit in the background while you you know swap the axle on, under your truck or you know whatever you're doing. Um, we heard a lot of people say that that's you know what they just had it on in the shop all day. Um, it's um I, you know, I think events as far as attendance goes is going to go away. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to see a reduced attendance for a good amount of next year, but I mean, I hope not. I really hope I'm wrong, but I, you know, I have a feeling that's going to happen, but either way, even when attendance comes completely back, there's still so many people at home that wanted to see what was going on that don't get to see it or didn't get to see it. Um, so I don't know. I think this is something that the industry should have had 10 years ago and, COVID forced us to figure it out. It seems like it's done that with a lot of different aspects of the, more of the industry side. With Forcing things out. Yeah, just like forcing companies to think outside the box, like working remotely, or um, how you know, meetings are done or just different conversations I've had over the last six months with different guests that have been on and, you know, they talked about, you know, how before you just walk in, knock on somebody's door, sit down and say, hey, what are we doing with this or when's this product going to be ready? Where now it's not possible, but they've adapted to that, figured out a way, and it's become more efficient than it was before. Yeah. I think there's a lot of things, especially that way, that – um you know, uh, we're positive from this whole thing. Um, but, well, shoot, you know what I'm really curious as to see? How SEMA is going to go off. Yeah. Um, I mean, we know it's not, but, um, I mean, we're working on our own way right now of, okay, you know, how do we how do we get everyone that lost that marketing ability, how do we give them that back? Um, which is, part of my big event push, but, you know, there's a, there's, there's a lot of marketing that didn't, it's not going to happen because of that. So I'm curious to see what's going to be the most successful um, version there. Like, I'm not so sure that these live, um, these virtual com- conferences, how do I say this, the virtual trade show is actually going to work. Um, I don't know how well it would be attended. I'm thinking more so, but, you know, if someone comes together and, schedules meetings for everyone that was in the industry and sets it up through a live feed system 
Um, that might be the best bet. But, you know, it might be better if companies do that on their own. Um, that, that's my scene is going from, from booth to booth to booth, talking to people, saying, hey, what's new? How can we help you in the future? Um, you know, and when I was in sales, it really wasn't too much different. It was what's new, okay, who can we buy it from, and, you know, what are my margins? I think that's, that's one of the, the things that I keep thinking about, and it, even outside of diesel, it's like, in a way, you know, I say they, but I don't really know who they are, but they say, like, well, <laughs> January 1st, 2021, everything's better. We don't know that. No. And things may get better over time, but as, you know, a business or an industry, still need to reach people and how are you going to reach them and it, it may not be for a while the way you know we imagine it i don't know how many people are at sema i know there's a lot but you know right now there wouldn't be a way to get that many people in one spot and there's a lot of events when I mean, you look at sports events there's nobody there and they have cardboard cutouts of fans yeah you know and that's a huge industry yeah but the digital ones at nba games yeah. <laughs> Switching you out. <laughs> I, I, I want to say SEMA is 200,000 people um, attend it. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a lot. But, uh, it's, uh, it's the same with putting on events and anything else. Uh, I've been preparing for the worst while still continuing forward with the best. Um, and I think that's kind of what everyone has to do. Um, like for, for SEMA, you know, I really didn't think it was going to happen. Um, but that didn't mean we didn't have our booth already set up and all, you know, all those different things that we needed for it to happen, to happen. But we're also working on what our contingency plan is at the same time. Um, and I know a lot of companies are doing the same way. So, a lot of us who thought we were going to be slow and be sitting around doing absolutely nothing or busier than we ever have been. Um, I say this, there's, I know there's a lot of people that are out of work right now and that's, that's horrible. Um, I mean, we need to get past this whole thing so that changes, but the industry as a whole is going to come out with some, uh, at the very least with some new skills. You had mentioned that there's four more events better this year where can people find the live feeds where can they see you know when these things are going off where to be able to tune in like you were mentioning and all the stuff that, that you're working on to to bring that to people so we're doing our next one is weekend on the edge um and that we live feed on our facebook page diesel world mag um we'll also be in our youtube um so we haven't put a ton of time into YouTube like we should have, so you're really not going to see a ton of videos there. I think there's about 30 right now, um, but the live stream will go on there. Um, it is also going to go on any sponsor's page if they so choose to do it. So like Weekend on the Edge, you know, Edge products will likely be copying our stream, basically. Basically what we do is we stream it to several pages. Um, so... One of our sister publications, Street Trucks Magazine, it'll be on their page. Um, basically, just go to Diesel World Mag and um, follow us. 
and set up notifications, and you'll be notified when it goes live. Um, next one we're doing is a sled pull at Waggler's, uh, Jeremy Waggler's event. And then we're doing uh, Beans Diesel, the blackout in the country, right after that. And then the one after that, I'm not sure yet. I'm not really ready to say what that one is. We've got a couple ideas in the works. Um, but, uh, yeah, all those are on our Facebook page. And most of the time you can go to whoever is actually hosting the event. It'll be on their Facebook page as well. I, I really appreciate the the effort that you guys are putting in as a whole team to be able to bring this to us so that we feel like we're a part of something, you know, and it's, it's something over the last, you know, eight or nine months where, you know, I felt almost detached in a way because, uh, you know, I'm not able to go and fly, you know, to check out these things or the events were canceled. And so I'm living kind of vicariously through, you know, people like you or some of the guests that come on that are talking about, the things that they're doing with their trucks and I know that the whole diesel community, the enthusiasts that are out there, you know, they feel the same way. So anything we can get to feel, feel like we used to with, you know, how fast a bench can you go or what's the fire pump truck doing or what about this, you know, race truck or what about this event for us to be able to, you know, see it and, you know, basically watch it does a tremendous amount for people out there, and not just as diesel enthusiasts, but just taking our mind off stuff and giving us something else to focus on. Hey, I appreciate that, man. And you're, you and I do a lot of the same thing, too, because I sit there and listen to your stuff, um, you know, to your podcast, and just go, oh, man, I've always wondered what they were doing or what they were up to over here, and, you know, because I'm stuck at home, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe not as much, but, you know, I'm more stuck at home than I usually am, so... Um, Oh, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. And same to you. I'm, you're filling us all in as well. So, but, um, yeah, for us, that's our 2021. It's going to be every single weekend uh, at an event, uh, if not a couple events every weekend. So I appreciate the kind of words, man. Huh? Give me a fun year, year next year. I hope. Knock on wood. You never know what the stuff's going on. That's, that's true. But uh, I, know, I know you're a busy guy with a lot of the things you have going on. It's always great to chat with you and catch up and learn more about you know, the diesel industry and how, you know, what what teams and companies are doing and things that you guys are seeing out there. And also learned a little bit more about BMW 335Ds and, uh, you know, what uh, it's like to live in Idaho and all the cool things you guys get to do up there and the amazing scenery and everything. So it's great to uh, catch up with you, Adam. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Let me know uh, what you're looking at for that 335. I'll, I'll help you out where I can there. They've got some. They've got a few little, uh, a few little issues with them, but they're really easy to fix. And uh, when you get them done, they're they're great vehicles. So, just another project for me, right? Just something where uh, <laughs> I'm just going to keep it stock, and then next thing you know, I'm, you know, ordering a triple turbo setup and dual injection pump and injectors and, and it's not a daily driver anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that gun safe won't get filled as quick when you have one of these things, but you know <laughs> <laughs> gotta have a nice a nice balanced set of toys, right? <laughs> Don't forget diesel fans, if you are in the market for a lift pump for your Cummins or Duramax, 
make sure and head on over to fleeceperformance.com. If you've got an 04 and a half to 16 Duramax, you're covered, or a 98 and a half to 19 Cummins, you're also covered as well. Till next time, keep the shiny side up.